Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And welcome back to part two of Sweet Ferocity by Zoe Blake. Hopefully it won't be as rambly as last time, but most likely it will be. <laughs> but maybe we won't giggle so much. We'll see. Um, highly doubtful. Highly doubtful. Considering we started off talking about how... I've had two glasses of wine, and you're drinking a pina colada. It's it's going to be a show, guys. <laughs> be patient. Be entertained. I hope they like it. <laughs> but yes, we are going to be talking about the second half of Sweet Ferocity today. Yeah. It was, uh, it was good times. Uh, I think this was where... I think it's when they... Luca decides to plan the wedding. So Luca decides to plan the wedding for him and Katya. Hang on. My thing just, okay. Yeah, my microphone is doing some funky things today. So as long as I hold real still, it should be fine. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did you ever get your new microphone? No, I have been in in discussion with Amazon and the Yeti company. um, Because it, it started going poorly right after my 30 days i mean like it was day 30 of course and so they're like yeah it's too it's too late and the company's like well that's an amazon problem so yeah hey yeti fix this make it better send tori a new microphone this is nonsense my yeti seems to be behaving but i don't know mine it seems to be a problem with where the cable comes in hmm the USB cable, and it doesn't want to connect all the time. So if it gets jostled just the least little bit, it comes unconnected, and my computer microphone comes on. So that's why we're getting the stops and starts with my audio. Oh. But now I have, I at least have it so that it will come up and flag me when the wrong microphone is on. Do you think you just need a new cable? I've tried different cables. Okay. So I think that it's actually the port itself. Okay, so you just need a new microphone. So I just need a new microphone. I'm going to eventually get tired of futzing with it and just buy a new microphone. But I would rather have them send me one so I don't have to pay the extra. Yeah, it's a hundred bucks. It's a good amount of money. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that was tangent one. What are we like two? Yeah, two minutes in, and we're already on a tangent about a microphone. (laughs) Oh Lord. Oh God, help us. Okay. It is 9.30 here on the East Coast, and I've had a full day with two children and a full-time job, and I've had two glasses of wine. So this is going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, so Luca decides to plan the wedding for him and Katya. 
that she doesn't know about. No, of course not. She doesn't need to know. I think there was something said about we'll plan the wedding and then we'll let the bride know. Something like that. Yeah. And he did tell Katya about because they were in the dark room. Remember the sexy dark room sex? Yes. Which was something I definitely thought of probably when I was way too young because I was in high school when I took photography and we were in the dark room and there was oh my god there was this boy I had a huge crush on and he was in my photography class and he was older than me and he was listening to cool music I was listening to cool music and I thought we were vibing but of course we weren't vibing because I was a big dork in high school so (laughs) and he was like the cool guy and I did definitely imagine some hot makeouts in the dark room back in my high school days it wasn't quite you know, what Luca and Katya did <laughs> wasn't on that level. And it never happened. <laughs> my only experience with a dark room was with my father. So there were there was none of that in, in my my history. But this made me wish that there were. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I just when I first like when they were having this thing in the dark room, I was like, oh, yeah, it just took me back to high school and my longing and all of my pent up feelings. <laughs> That never, I don't even remember his name anymore, honestly. I just remember he was way too cool for me because I was big dark. And uh, every guy that I knew, with the exception of like five, was too cool (laughs) for me in high school. So, well, he was older and he was one of, he was definitely one of those stoner guys and he smoked a whole bunch in in front of the school. And I I was, okay, you guys didn't know me in high school, but. Some of you might know what I look like now in, on TikTok. Okay. And I am a very attractive lady at this point in my life. In high school, I had, I was terrified of my own body. I had grown boobs way too early in, in life and they were huge and I hated them because they were giving me the attention that I was not interested in at that point in my life. So I had worn giant, I was very skinny and I had these big boobs. I wore like extra, extra large giant black corn t-shirts because corn was my favorite band still is love me some corn and those big ufo pants that were sort of in style back then and i just looked like a blob okay like there was i just looked like a like a black blob because i was semi-goth ish and there was no way in hell that boy wanted anything to do with me (laughs) Because I didn't look like a girl. I just looked like a blob. Well, you've grown out of it. And it you look fabulous. Now. I think I bet he would want to rail me in a dark room now. <laughs> Too bad you don't remember his name. No idea what his name is. I have no idea what his name is. I'm, I'm sure if I talk to my best friend from high school, she will remember his name because she has a much better memory than me. But I have no idea who he is. I would probably could run into him tomorrow and had absolutely no idea who he was. So... <laughs> Anyway, they have a very sexy, sex scene where he pretty much tells her that they're going to get married and she yells at him and says, I'm not marrying you, man. Absolutely not. I'm not marrying a Russian dude. You're Russian. I hate Russians. Also, you're way older than me. Also, I am only 22 and I'm still in college. I'm not getting married. And his answer to that is, well, I'm going to fuck you until you agree to marry me. So that's. That's Lucas' plan. That's pretty much what happens. And he does leave her there, which 
I was a little surprised with because he they have sex. Of course, he comes in her because his mission in life is to get her pregnant. Well, and they end up talking about her mother. Yes. And before that, (laughs) before the sex. No, I think it's after. Is it? Because hmm, I don't know. They're in the hotel and she's taking pictures of Luca. I don't know when the hot dark room sex starts. That is after the ho- after the hotel because they have a because they say they have a wonderful hot weekend together and then she goes back to school and he shows up. Oh, that's right. Right? And then Brooklyn sort of flirts with him and Kaita gets a little bit jealous. She's like, is he, is she flirting with my man? And then she's like, what the hell? Not my man, not my man. And then she asks him. I think, I think that this happens a little bit after where we are because he's, he's at Gregor's. Okay. Oh, see, this is what happens when we do two partners. I I lose place, but it's fine. Yeah. We're, we're starting out where he is at Gregor's house and Gregor is. He's telling him that they need to marry her off. Because her dad is ready to marry her now. And he knows that Luca has her and hasn't returned her. And he's all Mm -hmm. shades of pissed about it. And then they, and then Gregor says that she needs to get married off to like a a prominent Russian family. And Luca doesn't have really a family. So is it really a good idea to waste her? He says something like. She should be married off to the family whose alliance we will most benefit from. There you go. Yeah, that's the that was so fucked up. He's like, don't worry, we'll find a nice person. Like, I'm not just going to give her to anybody. But then Lucas says, I know this may come as a surprise to both of you, but I'm not wavering. Katya is mine and I'll kill any man who tries to take her away from me. Damien and selected one of his cigar- own cigarettes. This is going to get bloody. <laughs> because... And he even they one of them even mentions that that it'll be war. And Luke is like, well, bring it. And then they say, well, you know, I guess that you because it didn't really put too much of a fight. I guess we we should, you know, kind of we kind of do one in like a nice fight. And then they set up the way I laughed. You're becoming old married men who sit by the fire and get fat. Gregor pointed at me with his cigar. Laugh it up. You're planning on joining our ranks soon. Damien leaned over to tap his cigar in the ashtray. And it needs to be soon. If we are going to pull this off, Katya needs to become your wife quickly. It would be even better if she were already carrying your child. Lock the whole thing up. Igor wouldn't be able to try and annul it. I bit the cigar between my teeth as I winked at Damien, already working on it. Mm-hmm. Certainly is. And then they start with where the wedding is and calling Samara to for the wedding dress. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll plan the whole thing. And this one, they decided there's going to be a small family wedding. <laughs> Damien says that he'll text Mikhail and Nadja to make sure that there's, you know, no plans for the wedding weekend. And they're like, all right, great. It's all settled. And I guess I go better. I guess I better go inform the bride. (laughs) And then we get to her at school with Brooklyn. And Brooklyn wants to know why she hasn't told, why she didn't tell her about her boyfriend. She's like, well, it's kind of new. And I wasn't really sure if we were exclusive. And Brooklyn's like, but honey, he's fall. He is head over heels in love with you. And Katya's like, really? Do you think mm-hmm. so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, uh, you better tell him that then because I, uh, from the way he was, you know, looking at you and treating you, I was definitely getting, she's mine and don't touch her vibes or something like that. And she's like, oh, really? You think he loves me? She's like, if you, yeah. Uh, if you weren't such a nun, you'd know when a guy 
was bonkers in love with you. Spoiler alert. When he practically throws a rival through the window, that's your first clue. That was a funny one. That was a funny line. Uh, And that's when he finds them on campus. And then she asks, like, you know, what are you doing here? What do you want? And he's like looking her up and down all sexy, like, "Mm, I know. And she's like, not that. (laughs) What the hell do you want? But Brooklyn does flirt with him. Mm -hmm. And Katya isn't quite sure how she feels about Luca, but she does know pretty quickly she is not about Brooklyn flirting with him. No, she did not like that. And she's, but she's trying to brush it off and act all tough because she is like, okay, don't you have a job or something to get back to? Like, what are you doing here? And he says, well, yeah, you're kind of my job at this point. She's like, you have my complete undivided attention. Uh, My, and then he does compare to a wife or something right later on. She says, Luca, you can't follow me around as my personal bodyguard for the rest of our lives. You have a life to get back to. I have a life to get back to. And he says, I was thinking more husband than bodyguard. I blinked several times. I must have heard him wrong. What did you just say? You heard me. And then it goes back into her giving him reasons why they can't get married. And he gets a little pissy. I mean, yeah, he's he's not taking no. Of course, of course, he's not taking no as an answer for that. And that's when he gives her the full story about why her father actually hired him. And and she gets upset because she's like, you were lying to me this whole time. And how could you? And he says, I wasn't actually lying to you. I was admitting the truth because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. And she's like, but I saw those plane tickets to Russia. (laughs) His response to that cracked me up. Yeah. He says, they were purchased by your father. You don't honestly think I'd travel to Russia in economy, <laughs> do you? That's a long flight to take an economy for somebody that large. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that is when she still says no. And that's when he decides to just fuck her into submission. <laughs> in the dark room. And Natalia went traveling back to high school. That was really hot, though. After the really hot scene, she gives him the silent treatment. Well, he leaves her. And I was super surprised because he. Yeah, he does. He storms out of the dark. room. Yeah, he finishes in her, shoves it all back in there. That's when we get the shovey, the the comeback into her. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He takes them out and like swipes it on her face. Which was, that's a waste, if considering what you're trying to do, buddy. <laughs> and yeah, but then he puts his, so he steps back into his jeans and he says, it's done. And don't you ever think about running from me? I'll find you. I'll always find you. And then he leaves. He just skedaddles out of there. <laughs> and she cries on a dark room, room floor. Do you blame her? I, w- I would be hysterical. I mean, we're talking, yeah, just. It would not. I think after that performance, I wouldn't be crying. I think I would still be really dazed and confused. (laughs) Personally. Well, she's just found out that everything in her life is about to be turned upside down and she has no say in it. And on top of that, this guy has just fucked her senseless. And I, you know what I, okay, for this is very petty, but for somebody who is so against having this guy's baby. She has done nothing besides that one plan B attempt. Okay. Like 
shouldn't you try to get on some birth control? Shouldn't you try to obtain some more plan B? Couldn't you go to the, I don't know, the clinic at the, I mean, a lot of colleges have clinics. Most of them do. That take care of things like that. I mean, they even had that when I was in high school, when I was in college. And that was a long, long freaking Most time ago. Most colleges have like a, like a sex clinic or not even a sex, it's just like a health clinic. And then, yeah, and you go. I remember in my college, they legitimately had a sex clinic in the middle of campus. You could go and pick up condoms and whatever else you needed. And it was right in the middle of campus, which is very convenient, I guess. The college I graduated from was associated with a Baptist college, and it did not have anything of that nature. But several of the colleges in the area did. I went to a very liberal college in the Northeast, so... (laughs) I started out at a very liberal college and somehow, well, I know how that works, but we're not going to get into that because nobody needs that kind of downer. Oh no. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. It's just, we'll just say I had a bad experience with a roommate and I decided to come home where I wouldn't have to deal with the roommate anymore. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Cause I had the best roommate in college and she's still my best friend. Wonderful. Yeah. I love her. She's the best. I randomly got placed with her. It was like the roommate placement gods has smiled upon me. And they put me in this room with amazing human being. And years, years later, she's still my best friend. We literally talk once every couple of days and hang out all the time. My two best friends, one of them was my best friend through high school. I have known him since I was 14. So that's Holy crap, that's 30 years. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. But he's still older than I am. Ah. But his wife and I went to college together. I didn't know that she was the one he was dating. Oh. Until they got engaged. And he's like, you need to meet my, my fiance. And he's like, here she is. And I'm like, oh, hey. That's so sweet. It was so random. But but she's my soul sister. I, I couldn't I couldn't survive that's without amazing. the two of them. Yeah. I absolutely hate that they are so Hmm. far away. Yeah, my best friend is very close. I have, I have like four friends. Okay, I'm an introvert, and I I call them all my best friends. I have my doctor friend, which you've all heard of, who I've literally known my entire life. We were born two months apart in the same country. Wow. And then we moved to the United States almost at the same time, and happened to move to the same town. And it's like literally her and I have known each other most of our lives. I'm two months older than her, but that's pretty, like the two months before I, I, she was born were the only times that we weren't friends. And then I have another friend who I met in middle school. So her and I have been friends for ever since middle school and I'm 34. So do you do the math? And, and then I have another friend who I met in high school and then my college BFF and then another friend who I met during college. She wasn't in college with me, but I met her during college. So we met around the same time. And those are my like five friends. <laughs> That's it. The end. Yeah. I, I could count the people that I consider friends to be on, on one hand and have fingers left over. And, and yeah. that includes Mr. Klein. Well, that's the two I was just telling you about. It's <laughs> oh, so funny. I'm an introvert also. I, I don't like people. So I am one of those weird out. I don't know. I'm like an introvert, but outrovert, like outgoing introvert. It's a weird combination because my job makes me be an outrovert. Like I have to 
be out there social with people and I have to talk to lots and lots of people all day but I am definitely an introvert I would just prefer to stay home and read books yes as we all know and Mr. Savage hates everybody we've discussed this before he hates literally everybody Mr. Savage and I will get along great yeah I'm sure Uh, or you would hate each other (laughs) well he is kind of an extension of you and you're not people I like you and I spend time with you at least virtually so you know he gets a pass yeah honestly though on a completely gushy level and maybe this because I've been drinking I can't believe how amazing we get along considering we're complete strangers when we first started this experience together it is pretty wild right I talk to you more than I talk to almost anybody else same we text every day oh absolutely it's weird to go a day without hearing from you yeah and besides Mr. Savage I honestly think I talk to you the most because we're constantly reading and just sharing funny texts and quotes and memes. And I, I send you sexy men, but like, it's just so nice to, to be able to find a friend when you're an adult, because it's weird kind of after college, you don't, you stop making friends. Well, you get so wrapped up in, in things going on in your, in your life and in your world and that you have to control it's really hard to to make that mesh with somebody else who's also going through those same things. Yeah, it's I'm just I just it's so lovely knowing you. I'm so excited to have nothing. If nothing else comes with this podcast, at least I made an awesome friend. So I can't believe that I decided to respond to your post. See, this podcast came about because Nat posted in one of the Facebook groups. Hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Anybody else interested? Yeah. And you responded and one other lady responded. We all got together. And then that one other lady, I honestly don't remember her name anymore because my memory is shit. But I also don't know if she wants to be called out. So we probably shouldn't say her name anyway. But she decided that she was too busy and she couldn't do it. So it was just us two. I'm like, all right, I guess we'll try it out. (laughs) I mean, we talked for a couple of months. We, We hooked up you know, every, every week to talk about a different book before we started recording. And it's just kind of worked. I think that might be why this podcast works because we started talking and not recording ourselves two months prior and kind of built a little bit of relationship and a, and a friendship. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if we started this while recording, it might've been awkward. I can see that. I don't, I don't remember it being awkward. It never was. No. It never was, but it's definitely more comfortable now than it was in the beginning. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're more comfortable now than we were during our first, that introductory episode. We talk about, I mean, we're way too comfortable. I talk about some things on this podcast I should probably not talk about. (laughs) But anyway, I'm going to. Yeah, let's go back to the book. Go back to the book. Because people might want to hear about the book that they were supposed to be listening to. Oh, but with sex in a dark room sex in a dark room and being left crying on the floor yes and oh i was talking about her lack of birth control that's how we got in this whole situation that's right but he is taking katya to gregor's because she's going to meet up with samara to do the fashion photography and i got really tickled she's you know she's explaining to him that that the marriage will never work she doesn't want to be a a wife and she wants she says I want to have a career I want to travel the world taking photographs 
I frowned. What have I ever done or said that would give you the impression I didn't want those things for you as well? She mimicked a heavy Russian accent with a little Neanderthal mixed in for good measure. You mine. We fuck now. I put baby in belly. <laughs> yeah. I lifted an eyebrow as I cast a sidelong glance in her direction. Me, Tarzan. You, Jane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least we know they're honest with each other. <laughs> yes. That was funny. Uh, I mean, absolutely. The, the only thing he's been saying to her this whole time is, I want to fuck you and make you pregnant. Like, that's all that's all he ever really says to her. So why would she expect him to want her to travel and take pictures? He well, was- he admits to himself how deeply in love he is with her. Yeah. But he doesn't bother to communicate that to her. I understand her frustration. Well, he communicates it with his dick. Okay, Tori. <laughs> Penis injection. Got it. <laughs> and I was wrong. It is not Samara. It is Yelena who is the fashion designer. Yeah. Yelena. Yeah. Honestly, we all know I'm horrible at names. And if it's not the main characters, I don't know who's talking to who. How many times did I call um, Vaiska Gregor? <laughs> well, just so that there's a little bit of more understanding. If, you ha- if you're not familiar with Zoe's work. There is a series, there's a trilogy, it's the Ivanov crime family series, and that has Damien and Gregor and Mikhail and their subsequent women, and they live in Virginia on the outskirts of D.C., and the girls were all best friends growing up, and the guys are all in this Russian mob, (laughs) Russian mob, as, as these guys tend to do. And Luca is very good friends with Mikhail. And through him, he knows Damien and Gregor. And they're the ones who you've heard us talking about. You know, when we say Gregor's men, it's from this other branch of the Russian mafia. So that's just a little backstory. I highly encourage you to read those books. Those are good. They are good books. I believe the first one is Savage Vow. Don't ask me. I'll have to look it up. I will look that up as we talk. Yeah. But yeah, those are the spinoff. Well, I don't even know who's spinoff of who, but yeah, those are the spinoff people. But they're all kind of intertwined and, and really. Everybody knows everybody and they all get along. And Natalia doesn't know anybody's name. so And they consider, they all consider each other family. It's like family of choice rather than family of blood. Yeah. I love a found family story. That's my, like one of my favorites, a found family story and the girls are a found family and the the guys are well i think i think two of them are actually brothers right is it gregor and michael i think are no gregor and damien i believe damien are are actually brothers yeah and michael is their bodyguard bodyguard i believe that gregor and damien are brothers of nadia and Yelena and Samara were just two friends of hers who grew up together. Something like, you know what? We'll probably read those at some point. We'll figure that out <laughs> later. But on. yeah, the first one is Savage Bow. Okay. It's the first book in that series. And that's the Ivanov crime family. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Anyway, so they show up at Gregor's house and go to the studio. And the boys are kind of hanging out and, the, and Yelena and... Gotcha are setting up the pictures for the the wedding and not for the wedding. I'm sorry for the photo shoot. And I was gonna say, and they the photo shoot goes really well. 
until she brings out the wedding dress. Yes, because Katya says she it's really beautiful and she really loves the dress. And she's like, well, I'm glad you like it because it's your wedding dress. And she tells her that Luca took the time to pick it out himself, which is a big deal. So thoughtful. So thoughtful. I don't know how I would feel about Mr. Savage picking out my wedding dress. He's His fashion sense is not the best. Oh, my God. The idea of Mr. Klein pick. Oh, oh, no. Just no. I would either end up in a potato sack or lingerie <laughs> if Mr. Savage were to pick out my <laughs> wedding dress. It, uh, yeah, it's it's not. It wouldn't be good either way. Like it'd be the like completely inappropriate for a wedding in front of my family, or I would look like a potato sack because he has absolutely no fashion sense. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, uh, but apparently, if you go to the the Zoe Blake Mafia Boys School, you are very good at picking out. Well, all of her men have good taste. I mean, when they, when you talk about their suits and they do. how they're dressed and how they come across, everyone is, well, with the exception of Luca, everyone is top of the line. I was going to say, except for Luca, Luca's like a Neanderthal. <laughs> We've had that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I guess they all have personal shoppers too. So maybe, maybe if they got a little bit of help, because how many times are they like, oh, you don't have clothes. I will send personal shopper to pick up Balenciaga for you. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I would totally be up for it, especially if I don't have to pay for it. Absolutely. Or if I have to pay for it in other ways, you know, <laughs> details. <laughs> but Yelena and Katya are going through the pictures and everything. And Luca is with Damien. And Damien's like, she doesn't know yet, does she? Nah. So when do you plan to tell her that three days from now at noon, she's going to become your blushing bride? I looked at my watch. In two days, eight hours and 37 minutes. Not going to give her an opportunity to run away. No. But then she brings out the wedding dress and she talks about having the dress ready by Saturday. Yeah. So... It's not a theoretical one day. It's a concrete, this is happening. And Katya is not pleased. No. No. And Luca notices <laughs> that something has changed. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Katya never took her eyes off of me. Fuck. <laughs> then he just picks her up. And I love that they all have these like unspoken like oh okay because Damon looks at him he's like through the back door third door on the right that's it <laughs> go ahead well Dimitri and Vasca do the same thing exactly yeah it's like an unspoken rule everybody has a, a punishment room where it's just stocked you know <laughs> <laughs> no worrying about where the lube is coming from in this in this house exactly well I don't know because they can never find a damn lube <laughs> it's always soap or lotion or <laughs> They have everything besides lube, which if you have a, a room specifically for punishment, you should have some lube in there. You would think. You might even want to have flavored lube. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've we've had this conversation when was it? It wasn't Vasca. I think it was Ivan. When Ivan brought um Dylan. Yeah. Dylan to Vasca's house. 
And then, you know, came back and he was covered in blood and like they wanted to have sex with her. And he was she was obviously not happy about it. And Vasco, you know, again, I think he said something like down the hall to the left. Something like that. Yeah. And they went in there and he was going to have they were going to do anal. Well, he was going to do anal. She was not happy with any of it. But you it's Vasco's house. And again, you're telling me Vasco doesn't have lube anywhere in his house, especially in like random bedrooms, because you know that he and Mary have been in that bedroom. You know, they've had sex in every single square inch of that house. So if it's a guest bedroom, it should be fully stocked, not only with lube, sex toys, whatever else they need. I I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting on my lube horse and I'm well aware that you and I are the lube police at this point. (laughs) I I like Katya's cursing it. She curses him and she says, you low down, son of a bitch, bastard, dirty swine, asshole, lying gorilla. <laughs> yep. But then he like mm, kisses her all passionate like. And she bites him. She does. And he licks the blood. <laughs> and he says, you're marrying me. And she says, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. And then he starts pulling her nipple in his mouth and shit. And it's 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 like a whole thing. We, we don't go too deep into the sex scenes because, A, I don't really know how to talk about sex scenes yet. You know, like there's not much to discuss. It's a very sexy sex scene. We will we will if there's something noteworthy, we will mark it. <laughs> but two, we can't do these sex scenes justice. You have to read these. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, we're we're not Zoe Blake. You don't want us to mumble through them. <laughs> you want to read them. And you want to read them private, private, private times by yourself. Yeah, there are times when it is decidedly inappropriate to be reading these books in public. I read 95% of my time when I'm waiting for stuff in public. And I, I texted you the other day because I was waiting for someone at work and reading while waiting for this somebody at work. And by the time that somebody got to me, I was bright red. (laughs) Well, this was uh, maybe a year or two ago. I have problems with my mental health. And you and I have talked about that, not on the podcast, but my depression is an ongoing issue. But I went through what I affectionately call psych ward day camp. (laughs) It it was an intensive program where you you went in for like three weeks every day from nine to five or something like that. And you learn all kinds of skills and coping mechanisms and group therapy and all kinds of stuff like that. But I was sitting on a break and one of the counselors comes by and she's like, oh, what are you reading? And I go, oh, the death club. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, don't worry. It's nothing like you're thinking about it. It's two psychopaths who fall in love. <laughs> and she just looks at me. I'm like, I'm just going to stop talking now. Good talk. Oh, oh, boy. I love you. Nobody after that ever asked me a thing about what I was doing on my phone or Kindle. Love you because you gave an honest answer. Well, I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. For the record, I... The Death Club, it's the first book in a Menage duet by Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valenti. And it is fabulous. I mean, they are completely and totally psychotic in a really not psychotic murdery way, although that's in it too, but in a we're just totally fucked up kind of way. I was gonna say we're gonna need that book linked. (laughs) I I am I am (laughs) typing it in now. Because I never tell anybody what I'm listening to or 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 reading for reals. Because it's, I don't need that kind of 
the people who need to know know and the people who don't know like the majority of people don't need to know they could just think i'm reading harry potter for the eight millionth time because there is a good chance i am reading harry potter i am a harry potter fan i grew up on harry potter so don't judge me or do i don't really care back to the book (laughs) yeah okay mental note alcohol and recording is not our best plan um it's fine we only have half the book to go that's true i think that's the only way we can kind of get away with what we're doing right now we've gone on already like at least five tangents at least i've lost count to be honest with you so they're having sex and he is convincing going to get married Mm -hmm. and she asks him at one point she's like why are you doing this why do we have to get married why can't we just date and his response is something to the effect of, do I look like a guy who fucking dates? Yeah. But she does concede and she's like, fine, I'll let you be my boyfriend. And he says, fuck being your boyfriend. I'm your husband. And he, he did make that clear. I mean, he's also her baby daddy. Let's just make it clear because the amount of times he's coming her. Yeah. And he ain't stopping. But she does say, she does tell him that she is very adamant she's going on birth control. Yeah. But he does he does sweet talk her some too. And she says, why would you sacrifice so much just to keep me safe? Because I want to wake up with you in my arms every morning. My length shaffened, fully engorged, and I thrust slowly. Because you challenge and enrage and enthrall me. I kissed her lips as I continued to slowly push into her body. Because I began to crave the sound of your laughter. And it just continues to go on in that vein but it was very sweet it's very romantic and i just love it because you know this is written by a woman because i want to be there when you succeed and i want to kiss your tears and make it all better when you fail because i want to see you hold our child in your arms as you gaze up at me because i'm tired of walking this cold earth alone i need your warmth katya yeah it's lovely i love it What dude actually has coherent thoughts when he's fucking? I haven't met one yet, but if you're out there, hello, I'm interested. (laughs) Give Tori a call. (laughs) She'd like to be silly queen while fucked. (laughs) Everybody needs a new hobby and this could be mine. You know what? I 100% support you and I want full feedback. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they fuck and it starts out all wild and passionate and then ends up sweet and love makey and amazing what happens next they my notes ended a little while ago mine did too well they talk for a little while and she continues trying to persuade him you know she she's thinking about him in terms of having a future but she just can't bring herself to get over the fact that he's russian or a criminal specifically also yeah because she's like she's giving him him different options for ways that she could get out of it and he he doesn't agree at all and they finally call it quits and start to head back from Gregor's back to the penthouse where he's staying and the the SUV swerves in front of him yeah 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 okay yeah okay also I love that this was I made note that it was another black SUV I did too that he borrowed from Gregor, but it was not a Range Rover. And I don't believe this is, this one is not 
bulletproof i don't believe bullet no it's, this was not bulletproof this is an oversight okay he is slacking mm, yeah he deserved to get shot because he got shot real bad and he deserved it because who drives a non-bulletproof suv when you have access to bulletproof ones <laughs> i know right well, at least they weren't on his motorcycle, but that's only because he needed to lug all her camera equipment with him. But the chase scene goes on for a little while, and that's exciting. There's there's a lot of action, and Katya even gets a gun and shoots at people. But they do eventually get taken off, get get pushed off the road. Yes, yeah, swerved. And Luca tells her to run and that he will keep them off of her. And of course, she can't bring herself to leave him because no. I can't leave you. No, no. And he gets shot and she gets really upset. And then she does get a non-sexy kidnap happen to her. Yes. So once again, we have distinguished between a sexy kidnap and a non-sexy kidnap. This is the non-sexy kidnap by two of her father's goons, as we find out later on. Well, they hit her before. I mean, they knock her out before they. Oh, yeah. There is no question that this could be sexy at all. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Not in a good way either. (laughs) And Luca wakes up in the back of an ambulance and he is less than pleased to find himself in an ambulance. He was shot like four times or something. And the driver of an ambulance gets frantic because there's an SUV in the road blocking the way. And described as a black SUV. (laughs) Of course course it is. And the paramedic is trying to hold Luca down because that's always effective. And the back door flies open and Damien is there. Did somebody call an Uber driver? (laughs) Yeah. And the paramedic's like, no, 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 you can't do this. And they're like, yeah, who are you going to stop me? Like, we're doing this the Russian way. Okay, we don't need you. We don't need hospitals. We take care of our own. I think they hand them a wad of money at some point. And they're like, trust me, just take the money and get the hell out of here. We'll take our guy. We'll fix him up. Don't worry about it. But they do clear out the the necessary supplies that they need to, to patch Luca up on the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. No, they're not stupid. They're in an ambulance. They're going to they'll be resourceful. They're going to take what they need. Well, they're, they're giving them a thousand bucks, so they may as well. Yeah, take some take some of the, the, the provisions. And they get back in their sexy uh, black SUV. You know, side note, I drive a black SUV. So now every time I look at my car, I just giggle. Um. <laughs> I drive a black four-door sedan. And do you know how many black four-door sedans there are? I stopped at the drugstore and I went in and I came out and there were seven black four-door sedans in the parking lot. I found this out when I went to the wrong car and it wouldn't open with my key. Oops. Oops. But yeah, so they patch Luca up, which without any drugs of, of any sort. Well, they offer him anesthesia and he says no. Because he wants to suffer because he's he knows Scott's suffering because he failed her, which in I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, but for, logically, just take the anesthetic, man. There's no need. Well, he can't. How can he save her if he's all all drugged up? A local. Just a local, man. They're in an, I'm sure, the, I'm not saying like do a whole epidural or I don't know. I just, <laughs> or take like any sort of hardcore medicine, but a little local, a little bit of Novocaine in your chesticle area. <laughs> I, I am all about the drugs on that one. Me too. But Gregor 
gives them all of the information that she's being held close by and they know it was her father. And then they go back and he says, hurry up, get this bullet out of me. I got to go get my girl. It's a very sexy speech. He says, Katya is my responsibility. I'm going to go, you know, I'm not going to lay here while she's in danger because they said, dude, you just got shot. Like, let us, we'll go handle it. You chill out. And he's absolutely not for it. Also, I, I do love the fact that he got, like you said, shot like four or five times and he's just completely fine. Like he is just needs a little bit of patchwork and he's going to go get that girl. Well, maybe he was just grazed a couple of times and only really shot once. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be something like that. But also, I mean, I think I'm also thinking it's just because he's literally the size of a gorilla. Like he's just the giant man and like nothing stops him. I just have images of bullets hitting him and pinging off. Yeah, like Superman. Superman. But he does concede to taking a couple of pain pills with some vodka. Of course. And, and go ahead. And then they just, no, um, then they decide to go, they go get Katya. But then before that, we go back and she's in the back of that other van. Uh, and she's listening to the conversation of the two goons. And they're going back and forth between raping and not raping her <laughs> in a non-sexy way. And she, she's like, why didn't I keep up with my Russian? Yeah. Because I can't understand everything they're saying. Why did I, why did I let that flat, that lapse? Yeah. She's only getting some words. She's not understanding like a full sentences, but more or less they're, they're saying like, should we? And then the, the one guy really wants to, but the other guy's saying no, because the man, the old man's going to be upset about it. And we already lost a bunch of his men and a bunch of his cars and equipment when they were going to get her. And they don't want to piss him off any further. And also they were going to blame her non-virginity on Luca because they were going to say that he raped her instead, which funnily enough kind of is what happened. <laughs> so Yeah. If only they knew. Yeah. But she's listening to this, this litany of things. And the only thing that she can think about and focus on is she thinks Luca's dead. Yeah. And she is very distraught. Girl, you can't murder a gorilla like that. It's fine. He's he's fine. But then they end up bringing her to a church and her father is there and he's pretty much threatening her. Like, you have to marry this old corpse of a five-year-old. A 70-year-old man. And she's like, absolutely not. You can't make me. And that's when they bring Brooklyn in. Because her dad has decided that Brooklyn is the is the key to her compliance. And it's true. Yeah. Because Katya says, I'll don't do, don't hurt her and I'll do whatever you want. So they go, he tells her to go change and she goes and changes into this like scratchy wedding gown. And all she's thinking about is, oh, like this beautiful wedding gown that Luca picked out for her. She'll never get to wear it. And then they go out and she's clearly upset, but they're saying the vows. Well, she's telling the priest off, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, yeah. You know what's happening and you're letting it happen anyway. And the priest is like, I'm ashamed, but I'm getting paid enough to overlook it. So, so Pavel says his vows and it's time for Katya to say hers when the back doors fly open and yes, in storms Luca. Yes. And <laughs> Pavel says, I, Pavel Petrov, take you, Katya Novikova, as my wedded wife, blah, 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 blah. And Luca's response when he comes in is, her name is Katie. Now get your fucking hands off my girl. 
Yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. Because this whole time, as we know, he's been correcting her and calling her Katya when she says her name is Katie. So it's a fun moment. I loved it. Yeah. And there was like a big fight. Of course, Luca wins. Well, he's also got Gregor and Damien's guys with him. I mean, and Mikhail, who is this super awesome sniper. And I mean, they just clean house. Yeah, they annihilate them. But then, and this is when, this is when I get mad because Andre and Brooklyn are clearly like together, but I don't get a story about Andre and Brooklyn. I'm just told that they're now together. Well, he's, he's cradling her and he's holding her yeah. and they leave together. Yeah. And we know, we know where this is going, guys. We've been there before. I want a story. I want to see Brooklyn get railed. What's going on? Well, we have another sweet moment with Luca because he tells Katie, he says, point to the asshole who hit you. Oh, yeah. He goes to the bruise on her face and he says, point to the one who did it. And of course she does. And he annihilates him. Yeah, that guy has a bad day. (laughs) It was not a good day to be him. No. But I love that before, I'm sorry, when when Brooklyn and got to start talking after they get they get rescued and Brooklyn says I knew you couldn't be as boring as you pretended well this is the first time that Brooklyn has any idea that she's not just Katie yeah she finds out she's lied to her the whole time that she's never let on that she was a Russian mafia princess Mm -hmm. yeah and then as I said at that moment Andre lifted Brooklyn into his arms I chuckled your friend is fine like hmm wonder what's going on there. I think Brooklyn had a good day later, later on that day. Katie tells her, you know, anything you want or need is yours. I'll see you have round-the-clock guards until you feel safe again. Brooklyn pointed to my man, Andre, who was standing over her. Can I have him? Andre met my gaze and grinned. I winked at Brooklyn. Consider it done. Yeah. So clearly there is a, a story there. And later on, they, they do say that they, like, they're dating or something. So, but anyway, this is not about Brooklyn and Andre. Maybe we'll get it in another book. <laughs> well, Luca surprised the hell out of me because he lets Igor go. Yeah. I was like, what's up with that, dude? No. Especially since he cursed him a whole bunch beforehand. He was like, if I ever get my hands on him, I'll burn his whole situation to the ground. And I guess you can argue that it was sweet because he did it for Katie. He didn't want her to be mad at him for killing her dad. But on the other hand, I want my Russian mafia man who who just says, fuck it, and annihilates the competition and the threat. Yeah, 100%. 1,000%. What the fuck happened there? <laughs> like, I don't know. But they, he asks Katie, and she is very adamant that she's like, he kidnapped me. He kidnapped my best friend. He was going to marry me off to this guy. He's not going to learn his lesson. I want the bastard dead. She's like, you don't have to worry about how I'm going to react. I want him dead. And so they send Mikhail after him. Yeah, they do. (laughs) But which Mikhail, his wife, Nadia, was kidnapped by Igor's sons. Yes, but they did kill those two. But they killed the other, they killed the two boys. Yeah. But him having the opportunity to go after their father, it's like Christmas came early for him. Oh, yeah. Mikhail is absolutely for it. He's very excited. I'm sure he wanted to do this earlier and finally getting the opportunity and the, I guess, permission to do it (laughs) is good, which I love that. We we know this is a romance novel and I know that 
you know, we've already covered the whole, the cops are in their pocket whole thing, but I just love that they have like this whole shootout on a highway, then a whole thing in a church, no cops showing up, no cops ever. The cops did show up at the shootout on the road after the fact. After, yeah, but not during. Not during, of course. No. And I don't think they ever showed up at the church. If they do, they don't talk about it. Which, I, I mean, again, I love it. It's just, we, because we, we, she's acknowledged this multiple times in multiple of the books. The cops show up, they see who it is, and they're like, oh, never mind. Sorry, so, so sorry to bother you. Excuse us. We're going to be on our way. It did get me. And I thought about this at some point after we recorded, and I don't know why. It may have been when I was deleting notes, trying to salvage the second half of the book, but Luca is not well known, but the cop at the frat house knew who he was because he tells the guy, do you know who that was? You are lucky you're still alive. You're lucky he didn't rip your head off. So I don't know if it's just Russian in general or if Gregor sends out a list of these are the approved people. I think that's what it is. I think it's the second. A, I guess the you because Luca is just, we've said he's probably the largest of all of them. Physically, he's huge and he's intimidating looking because he's got all the scary tattoos, the prison tattoos, not just like the regular tattoos. Yeah. And he's got a broken nose and he just looks like a rough and tumble badass. He doesn't look like the rest of them. We've said like the rest of them are more on the business side of the mafia. This is their hired gun muscle, right? He is, he's supposed to look intimidating. So a, probably that, but B, I do think that Gregor probably just said, hey, these are my guys. Don't mess with my guys. And probably when Luca came over, he updated the list or something. Because the same similar thing happens with Ivan when he goes and breaks that guy's fingers when uh, Dylan goes on the date with her ex-boyfriend. Well, he does tell the police officer, Ivan does tell him, you know, I'm a friend of Dimitri's. Yes. Yeah. I don't. No, if Luca, he, I don't think, I he, don't ever think he ever identifies himself. Oh, oh, but you know what it might have been? Because Luca does show up with a whole bunch of Gregor's guys to that frat party because he has them with him. So maybe they just associated the, the guys that are already well known by the cops with Luca. That makes sense. I think that might be it. Because remember, he puts a gun to that guy's head because he wasn't watching her well enough and she escaped. So... That guy is a regular Gregor guy, like a goon for Gregor. I wouldn't say goon, but you know, like a like a guy who works for him. So I'm sure the police know him. So by association, they look at the crazy, like the large, tattooed, <laughs> scary looking man. And they're like, probably with that other guy right there. Katie, Katie does tell him, you know, sorry, <laughs> got all excited enough to remove my microphone. I can't believe it. Anyway. I think that might be it, but we've gone on a separate tangent about that. So at least that was book related. Yes. Look at us improving. (laughs) (laughs) But Katie does take this opportunity to tell Luca, you know, dad's taken care of. We don't have to get married now. You could just let me go. Yeah. And Luca's like, (laughs) no, that's funny. You're funny girl. Not going to happen. And they, of course, they get married. They, they, he does uh, let her go past Saturday. <laughs> like, it's not like a shotgun wedding on a Saturday. But 
I think it's what, like two or three months later that they get married. Well, he takes her back to the hotel room and they, he runs her a bath and then they have, they have sex. And he's like, I, I can't do this with you because I can't be gentle. And she says, well, who wants gentle? Yeah, of course. She's not used to gentle. She doesn't know what gentle is. She's been screwing. You've been the only person she's ever had sex with. You, I don't know gentle if I have sex with just you. And this is when they have the anal. This is the, the obligatory anal scene. Of course. Yeah. I am surprised that it's not a, a, a punishment anal scene. I was a little surprised by that. Yes. Because, I mean, she is one of the least compliant out of all of the women. I was expecting this during the, the crawl to me blowjob scene. I was too. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. We had to switch it up a little and surprise us. I'm not complaining. No, that was great. Please tell us about the lube in this scene. <laughs> well, there is no lube in this scene. Of course not. They're in the hotel, so they use liquid soap. Fucking liquid soap. Every fucking time liquid soap. I'm going to have to do some research on this liquid soap as lube because I just, I just don't see it working that well. I don't see it working well either. But I am not signing up to try it either. <laughs> I will have to do some, some non-hands-on experimentation or non-hands-on research because everybody has their line and that's mine. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would suds up. I don't feel it would work well. There'd just be bubbles everywhere. I know. I just, I don't, I don't know. You know, Zoe and I got back to me about the money either. The money, Zoe, the weighing the money. I know you listen to the podcast. <laughs> We're going to let you off the hook a little because I know you've been under the weather and I hope that you're feeling better. Yes, we very much hope that you are feeling better. But we know you listen to the podcast. Why are you not answering our questions? <laughs> oh, she's like, because um, I don't owe you anything, girls. I wrote the amazing books that you love. Leave me alone. But yeah, no, the liquid fucking soap every time. It's multiple times it's been liquid soap. But I get the soap more than the lotion. Yes. Because you'd think the lotion would just right up. Absorb. You'd think it would yeah. just absorb and be useless. So yeah. it, we got that going for us. I mean, again, for the amount of anal that these people have, you would, and the amount of money these people have, the amount of resources and random dudes, like, you don't think you could just be like, yo, could you just run out to 7-Eleven and grab me a, I don't know, pack of whatever or CVS or well, I guess they just, they're in too much of a hurry. They are too <sighs> eager. They're very impromptu. Yeah, very impromptu. But it's something that he was, all of them, all of them, all these men were like, can't wait to have anal sex with this girl. Can't wait to go into that last virgin hole, right? They all say that. They do. So you're already planning it. So plan accordingly. <laughs> Always be prepared. <sighs> so anyway... I love that little loo people. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. This is one last little tangent. It's not just these books because every book I read no. now, I'm like, where's the loop? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's every book. No, it's definitely not just a Zoe thing. It's just, we've read a lot of Zoe. So this is just where we're going. But I was talking to, I was a very, very drunk at a friend's birthday party recently. And I was talking to my girlfriends about the podcast and everything. And one of their husbands happened to be listening in on my conversation. And he's like, so what are you talking about? And he's like, well, like, you know, and I, I told him and he's like, wait, so like you talk about like anal. And I was like, yes. And actually <laughs> he's like, 
And like the he's like, what do you talk about? Like anal and the kind of lube they use? I'm like, precisely, <laughs> precisely that. <laughs> and that's at that point, he walked away from me. <laughs> Mr. Klein came in when we were, I believe it was when we were talking about sweet brutality with Maxim and the non-con anal scene. And he's like, were you talking about anal rape? Yeah. <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, and he just walked away. <laughs> I, I still don't. I know Mr. Savage has not listened to the podcast. I'm, I know he hasn't. And I am very interested and almost terrified of the time he starts listening because he listens to his own man podcast. He loves wrestling. So he's listening to some wrestling podcasts and he's very far behind on. So he's like, once I catch up on that, I'll listen to yours. And I'm like, first of all, excuse me, a dark romance book boyfriend would never put off his wife's podcast about sexy things. He would be all about that. Okay. First of all, second of all, I don't really want you listening because I don't like we are very open in our relationship. Obviously, we've been married for a long time. We've been dating even longer. But I feel like this is very personal. And like you, I think you'd be very confused because if he tried to do like half these things to me in real life, he would get punched in the face. Absolutely. So like, yes, I make jokes about him being a very horrible dark romance book boyfriend. But he I know for like I'm a, I'm a sane human being. I love reading about this stuff, but I don't want it done to me necessarily. <laughs> Some of it, sure, absolutely. A lot of it, no thank you. So, well, just to be clear, Mr. Klein does not listen. He has no interest in listening. Okay. But he walked by the room as we were discussing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And was just, I get you. Totally. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> no, I think Mr. Savage will. He does want to listen eventually, at least to one of the episodes and just like see what the heck we're, we're doing. But he has not gone around to it yet. And I don't know if I want him to. A lot of my friends listen, like girlfriends, and I'm per- perfectly fine with them listening because we talk about this stuff anyway. So that's fine. But Mr. Klein was like, what kind of books are you reading? And I was <laughs> like, do you do you not even know me? <laughs> Yeah. Do you never look yeah. at, at the Kindle Unlimited account? <laughs> I guess not. Does he read? He does. He reads all the time. Oh. He's a, he's a huge reader. He likes sci-fi and uh, fantasy. Okay. So. So do you share a Kindle account? We share a Kindle account. That's so romantic. I get five. I get five books out of the 20. And That's he, it? Yes. That is how we agreed to split it up. That's nonsense. I really think that we should petition Amazon to allow each account to have multiple Kindle Unlimited accounts. Yes, 100%. Because I should be able to have 20 books on mine. Yeah, totally. Although really five is plenty because I put five in there and I forget them half. I forget what I'm reading half the time So because I just, I, I put my new book in with a book that I just finished. So I'll go back and I'll look at my account and I'm like, hmm. I don't even remember what that's about. Let's look and see if I still want to read it. Yeah, I, I have a bunch. 20 would just be lost on me. So I can't really complain. I can complain, but I shouldn't. You should. But yeah, I understand. Mr. Savage does not read, but he knows what I'm reading because many a time I read passages aloud to him and he looks at me like I have lost my damn mind. But well, I, I read to him all the time uh, in my very sexy voice and like, 
ooh, and then he did blah, 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 blah. And he's like, what the fuck are you reading? <laughs> I actually recently started reading to him uh, from Katie Roberts, The Dragon Pride. <laughs> That's on my list. I haven't read it yet. And it's not dark, but it's very entertaining. I think you'd love it. But the dragon has two uh, penises. Yay. So I was reading it to him and he looked at me like, uh, 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 I'm sorry, what? Did you say one went in there and the other? He's like, there's only one other human. He's like, is it two people? I was like, it's two people. But one is a dragon and he has two. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see my expression, people, but I'm. It's it's classic. You should see it. (laughs) I'm, I'm giving Tori the. A winky face. Um, <laughs> can we please finish this book? Okay. <laughs> so Luca is with Gregor and Damien, and Vasca and Dimitri are there, and they're discussing, you know, are you really going to wait three months to marry her? And Luca's like, you know, I I want what you guys have. I want I want a family, and I want to have a house, and I want kids. And Vasca and Dimitri and Gregor and Damien and Mikhail, they're all like, well, you're family now. So, you know, we're your family. And it's very sweet. And then they do get married. And it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful wedding. She gets to wear the amazing dress. Well, he ha- he buys a house. He buys the house and he names it after her mom. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he has the dark room put in and the photography studio and everything custom made for her. Uh, duh, custom made, of course. <laughs> Off the shelf. Right. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> but that's her wedding present. Yeah, it's adorable. It's, it's really sweet, actually. It's one of the sweetest things I've encountered. And then the girls come in and they've got some of the kids with them. And they are, they're getting ready. The, the women are going out to dinner. And I think this is where they, they have the conversation about the bulletproof SUV. Yes. Because <laughs> they're getting ready to go to dinner. And I don't remember who says it, but someone's like, make sure you take the bulletproof SUV. And I want to be like, which one? We said this in the last episode, but like you have at least eight. So and don't say the black one because they're all black. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How do you tell them apart? How do you know which one they have? Because, I mean, do you have them numbered? Possibly. But we get to the wedding and the ransoming, just like with Dimitri and Emma, which, again, I loved. It is a fun tradition. And I I don't know why they stopped doing it. Like I said, they don't really do it anymore. It is an older tradition. It's something that my parents' generation did and the parent, the generation before that. My my generation doesn't do any of that. That's kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could bring it back. We could definitely bring it back. <laughs> it's it's almost like um an olden days first look. You know how they have that first look now before the wedding, before the ceremony, a lot of the, the people get together. And uh this is like a first look, but with ransom (laughs) well we also find out that brooklyn and andre are still together and brooklyn thinks that katie's a little crazy for getting married so young Mm -hmm. but she and andre aren't going to be too far behind no but i guess we'll never know because we're not gonna get to we don't get to read this fucking story (laughs) matt has very strong feelings about this look zoe gave me two couples okay Avery with we know 
was gonna get with one of the people okay because we noted her in the last book yeah but she never meets a guy so i can forgive that i can't but brooklyn and andre i am a more magnanimous person than you are nat i accept that <laughs> i i'm saying all i'm saying is everybody who reads romance knows kind of like when key characters stick out to pinpoint be like oh that's another book coming. yes and when I saw Avery and Maxim note how brave and how good of a friend she was, I was like, oh, who's who's Avery going to have sex with? Which one of Maxim's little buddies is going to imprint on her? We never got that story. And then with this, there was another Andre. Hello. Andre was right there. He was ready. He was carrying her off to his own hotel, presumably. And I'm sure there was lots of stuff happening behind closed doors that we didn't get to see. And I want to see it. (laughs) So I'm petitioning Zoe Blake to write me that book. Even, no, no, I don't want a short story. I want a full ass book. Because I know girl planned it out and then scrapped it. (laughs) Calling you out, Zoe Blake. (laughs) Calling you out. She's probably just tired of writing Russians too. She's like been writing Russians for nonstop. Well, she's written a lot of them. I know, but she's so good at it. She really is. And now she has me to help her with the Russian. It's a perfect match. I get to read smut. She gets to write smut. Sorry, I get on my high horse. But anyway, they get married. It's lovely. And the girls take her, kidnap her for the ransoming to the warehouse where they're all like all five girls have some kind of relation to the arts. Yelena does fashion and I think Samara does painting and Brooklyn, I don't remember what she does, but Brooklyn was going to do, was going to go into business with Katie anyway. So they all, and Nadia does, I think jewelry making maybe. Yeah. So they're all going into business together and I got so tickled because the guys come in and a hail of glitter to, to snatch her back. Mm-hmm. They see, she sees a grenade come in and she kind of freaks and it goes off and it's glitter. And glitter is its own state of matter because it's, it's impossible to get rid of. And I felt really bad for whoever has to clean up their warehouse because that's a lot of glitter. It, it, there's absolutely no way they're getting rid of it. I've heard of glitter referred to as the herpes of arts and crafts that makes perfect sense it's just yeah it just never goes away once you get it it, it's just it's it's not going away that that warehouse will always have glitter there will be a speck of glitter somewhere like eons later on but the guys give them all kinds of jewels and ransom her back and then we have the wedding and she's crying and so Brooklyn goes to get Luca and scares the crap yeah. out of him yeah, because she's like, something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, who did this? Who hurt you? Who do I need to kill? And all of the other guys come in wanting to know who do they need to kill. I mean, it's like a tag team event. I know. And they, I don't remember who says it, but someone's like, well, it's not our fault that every time we say something is wrong, you guys just think you know, rival mafia or something like that. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like along that line. It was really funny. Dylan says, she says, it's not our fault that in your fucked up world, that means some rival criminal gang has tried to kidnap one of us again. There you go. Yeah, there you go. That's it. But that's exactly what they they go to. (laughs) 
But then she's like, no, you got to leave, you know, and she's like, he's like, no, I absolutely don't have to leave. You're upset. Like, I'm going to I'm going to stay and comfort you and we'll be fine. This is our wedding where we can do whatever we want. And it's uh, it's really adorbs. I also love that the guys have said, like, they're they're all just having girls. They're going to have to build their own convent, (laughs) (laughs) which is something that's happening in my family and my and my uh, group of friends. No one is having boys. We have in my in my direct family, we have one, two, like seven girls born. None of us have boys. Wow. None, literally no boys. So and then all of my friends, they're all having girls. We have one friend who has a boy and he's like the outlier. <laughs> Everybody else is girls. So us two, we're going to need to make a convent because Miss Savage is having um. A little bit of a meltdown because I have some cute girls and they are adorable. And if they grow into that adorableness, he is in trouble. He is going to be in trouble. Yeah. And my older one already has a boyfriend. I mean, she's four. So it's like, you know, what kind of boyfriend is it? But she's she's already saying like, oh, blah, blah, blah is going to hang out with me later. And blah, blah, blah gave me this and blah, blah, blah did this and no, Jesus. And Mr. Savage is like, mm, no, <laughs> my niece is nine. And I was back home for her graduation from second grade. And they did all of that. They had the award ceremony and everything. And my brother's like, see that little boy down there? That's that's her boyfriend. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought, too. But I got it ruled. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like I said, my older one is almost four and she has a little boyfriend. And then I recently found out that that boyfriend's got a little brother who is in my little one's class. And I told Mr. Savage and he was like, God damn, those fucking blah, blah, blahs. (laughs) They got to keep their sons away from my daughters. And then they send pictures from daycare every day. Like I have an app and you can look through the pictures. And there's always pictures of my older one and, and that boy together because they're, they're like really good friends. Obviously, like they're four. Of course, they're not romantically inclined, like, but they're friends. They're, they're little kids. And then, and, and then there's pictures of the little one and the other boy who like constantly hanging out. I mean, my little one's a potato. She, she just hangs out wherever they plop her. But that little boy is older and he's walking around and he's constantly sitting next to her. Mr. Savage is not pleased. He's not pleased. But I I mean, I always told him, like, of course, you want them to be adjust, like well adjusted and you want them to have boyfriends and things like that. And he he disagrees with me. He wants them to be nuns, but he's not he's an atheist. So I don't know how how that's going to happen. So (laughs) anyways. That's oh, our book. God. It wraps. Yeah. It wraps with the wedding. It's wrap. We we finished it. <laughs> Two episodes, but we finished it. And I loved that it ended with all of those couples together at the wedding. Because we catch up it with was... Mary, with Emma and Dimitri, Mary and Vasca. I believe Ivan and Dylan are both there too. And then Maxim and Karina. I mean, the whole gang is there and it's great. Yeah, it's it's a lovely way to end it, even though I'm really mad that it's over. Yeah, I am. So hopefully, maybe in a couple of years, Zoe will pick it up back up. 
because maybe she just needed a little break. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. But it was lovely. We loved it. It was hot. It was so hot. We couldn't get through it in one episode. (laughs) (sighs) But that was the book. We loved it. Obviously. We loved it. Yeah. We love everything Zoe writes. So we're a little bit biased, but she's a great writer. And we're looking forward to reading her other books. We've talked about this before, but Zoe Blake had written that Ward series. I can never remember. Dark Obsession. Dark Obsessions. And if anybody has read those, you guys know that that's really like these are these are medium dark. Those are dark, dark, in my opinion. That's some fucked up shit. Yeah. And Richard we find out has a brother and Zoe, I believe is writing his story now. So I believe that's going to be a duet. I, um, i saw something in our, in our newsletter. I'm excited about that. So at least we're going to get more Zoe eventually as well, but we're super excited about that. We're sad to see this over. What are we reading next? Next we are reading until tomorrow comes which is the first book in the Beauty and Lie series by Adelaide Forrest. Another good one. Rafe is, ha. Huh? Yeah, he's a bananas uh, in, in banana pants. He's bananas in banana pants. Yes. <laughs> and I love every minute of it. A thousand percent. Yeah. We love, I love a lot of, I, I've read almost everything Adelaide has written as well. And I love all of her stuff. And so read that. Check all the triggers. We're not even going to like, if we're recommending a book, check the triggers. The first book, there's the triggers aren't too bad. It's kind of dark light. The triggers get really, really crazy in book two. Yes. Yeah. It gets. Yeah. I was actually remember when I was first reading book one, I was like, oh, this isn't so dark. And then, but, but it was very interesting and very hot and very good. So I did go on to book two and I was like, holy shit yes she lures you in with book one and you think oh it's gonna be okay and then she smacks you upside the head with book two i know absolutely it's oh my god it's crazy so read that please don't forget to reach out to us we're at trigger warning romance on all the instant on the instant jesus we are at (laughs) trigger warning romance on all of our social medias tiktok instagram Join the Facebook group, the Trigger Warning Romance support group. We have a lot of fun on there. And you can always email us at triggerwarningromance at gmail.com. And we've got a new Discord channel that started a couple of weeks ago. And they look like I haven't had the opportunity to participate too much, but it looks like there's a lot of fun there. There's plenty of book recommendations and TikToks and videos. I mean, it's just insanity. Yes, we'll post a link in show notes. Uh, The Discord is extra spicy. So be careful because you can do whatever you want on Discord. So unlike our other medias like TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, that police our spicy content, there's no policing in Discord. So hop in and it's definitely 18 plus. (laughs) But do we have palate cleansers this week? I usually, I'm the one who asks you and I usually have one. So you go first this time. I know that's why I picked it out for you. Why, you know, I know that this question is coming every episode and it still hits me by surprise for some reason. And I don't know why. Yeah. I have a sick cat. Oh, 
he hurt his paw and we've been doing several times a day cleaning with peroxide and antibiotics. And let me tell you, he is not a happy cat, except he's getting Mm -hmm. treats like three or four times a day. And he thinks that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But I have the best vet ever. He is so good and so kind and so understanding that I wish he could treat me. (laughs) But I think that my my palate cleanser today is just how thankful I am for our vet, our family vet. That's really sweet. I hope your cat feels better. You too. My other cat, I think, is going to be munchausen copper. Oh no. Yeah, because she's getting treats every time he does. And she's not getting the peroxide on her paw. So, you know, if she just keeps nailing him, maybe she keeps getting the treats. Oh, that's really funny. So mine is going to be actually a podcast. I I have probably mentioned this before, but there's uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. This is why I've decided to start a podcast is because I listen to a lot of romance podcasts. And I was like, but I want to talk about the books that I really like. <laughs> So I st- we started this podcast, but there's a podcast called Bonkers Romance, and they've got really funny co-hosts, Melody Carlisle and Jenny Nordbeck, who's got, you know how Dylan Page told me I have a very sexy voice? Mm-hmm. So she needs to listen to Jenny Nordbeck because Jenny Nordbeck's got the sexiest voice I've ever heard. Side note, Dylan, if you ever want me to, because she said, It was the biggest compliment ever. She loved my voice. And she said that like, she would listen to me read whatever. Do you want me, if you want me to record an audio of one of your books, like an audio book, I can make that happen, baby. Speaking of Dylan, I am doing an arc of Roe, which comes out on Monday. Yeah. Holy bejesus. Y'all aren't prepared. I'm just saying. That should be your palate cleanser. That's true. We'll add that as my second palate cleanser. Oh my God. Just, oh my God. That's all I can say. That's yeah. You told me a little bit about it and I am intrigued. <laughs> we love Dylan Page. I don't know what I was accepted, what I was expecting, but I can tell you it's not what I got. And I am thankful for it because it's fabulous. I can't wait to read it. I love everything she writes. So, but yeah, if Dylan, if you ever want me to do a audio book of your books, I could probably make that happen. I have a friend who owns a recording studio, like a professional one. So not like this rickety thing I set up in my closet. Uh, <laughs> but your closet has a chandelier, so it's okay. It's true. It's the only chandelier in my whole house. Anyway, that's my pot cleanser. Bonkers Romance. They're really funny ladies and they talk about crazy books. So if you like dark romance, you probably will like crazy romance as well. And recently they talked they actually did uh, an episode on 365 Days, the new one, oh. and the movie that we are also going to be covering. But I listened to their take on it and I was dying. It was hysterical. I loved it. They did it with, I think Naima Simone was on there with talking to them about it. And she's also a romance author. And it's it was funny. Really highly recommend checking out Bonkers Romance. That's it. That's my palate cleanser. Well, so now you guys have a book to read. And a podcast to listen to besides ours. Listen to ours first. There's more than enough time to listen to multiple podcasts. We only have like, what? actually, you know what? We all, we already have what, like 13, 14 episodes. How many episodes we got? I think this got? will be number 12, maybe. Hang on. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this is going to be number 13. So, so you've probably listened to all of ours by now. It was only 13 of them, you know? So 
there's plenty of time in a day, I think, to listen to multiple. Uh, we share. Like I said, if you like our podcast, you probably will like theirs. And if if you like if you don't like theirs, then stop. Don't listen. <laughs> Let's keep listening. There's to plenty of others. Yes. Faded Mates but, is also really good. Yes. That is my OG. That's what I first started listening to. Faded Mates. I've, I've talked to them out them before. They're really smart and funny ladies. It's Jen Prokoff and Sarah McLean. Jen Prokoff is an editor for romance novels and Sarah McLean is an author. She writes historicals, very sexy, spicy historicals. And they're just their take on romance. They're just so smart about it. You know, you and I come on here, like I always say, like we're just two dum-dums talking about books and giggling our way through. Jen and Sarah actually have points to make. (laughs) And I love them. But yeah, check all those out. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Please rate and review our podcast. It really helps us out and helps other people find us. And please reach out to us if you have any recommendations. Don't forget, send us questions. We're thinking about doing a Q&A episode. Yeah, please email us some questions, either um, to triggerwarmingromance at gmail.com or maybe just maybe we should start a thread on Facebook. I can, I can do that. That might be a good idea as well. So send us some questions because we might do some mini-sodes answering some questions. And uh, thank you for listening. Hope you have a fantastic day. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Take care.